Blog Talk Radio. PGN Prophetic Grace Network. This is your Book of Revelation research scientist, Nicole. I am your PGN host. We are talking about the Millennial Reign prophecy, and our focus today is on the reality of hell. The reality of hell. I've often heard people say that they are experiencing hell on earth. But hell is not on the earth. Hell is under the earth. There are prisons of darkness. Under the earth, there are prisons of darkness. And these prisons of darkness are where those angels who were disobedient uh, are awaiting judgment. It's mentioned in discussion on Sodom and Gomorrah. They were disobedient, and some of the angels are in prisons of darkness in Hades. Also, every person who has experienced death and died not in Christ, in other words, the person failed to find and follow God's plan for salvation that existed at the time the individual lived on the earth, that individual and all of those individuals, their names are not recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that means that they await the great white throne judgment. That means that they are in a storage tank. They are at the layover point in time. What's the layover point? The layover point in time is that interim period when an individual is disembodied, in other words, separated from a physical, tangible body, yet continues to have perfect continuity of life. That's the reality for every human being that has ever died. Every human being that has ever died has perfect continuity of life in this way. The individual has his or her self-same soul, the same mind, the same will, the same emotions. The individual also has the self-same spirit. Those who died in Christ our disembodied temporary point, the layover in a storage tank in heaven, those who died and who are not in Christ, they are also in a temporary storage tank. They are also at the layover point. 
And their layover point is in Hades, which is under the earth. And specifically, they are in a prison of darkness. Now, sometimes people talk about seeing individuals being tormented by Satan in hell. And perhaps it is the case that some individuals are able to experience the past in the present or experience the future in the present. I don't know. What we do know and what I do know is that right now, Satan, he is not in Hades. Satan is not in a prison of darkness. Recall that in the book of Job, we learned how Satan came before the throne of God as the accuser of the brethren. That's who? The children of God. That includes me. And that includes all who are in Christ. In the book of Job, we're told how Satan came before the throne of God, God the Father, and accused Job. That means that Satan was in heaven. Note that the present heaven, the heaven that exists right now, today, October 29th of 2023 has been defiled by the presence of Satan. This may explain in part why after the end of the world, God is destroying both this earth and the present heaven, and we are transitioning to a new earth and new heavens with an S. When does all of this happen? It happens after Satan has been destroyed. Prior to Satan being destroyed, he goes to a prison of darkness. He goes to the bottomless pit under the earth. But he's not there yet. He's not there yet. When we think about time and the end of time, there's before the Battle of Armageddon, the Battle of Armageddon, and after the Battle of Armageddon. Satan goes to the bottomless pit after the Battle of Armageddon. Satan goes to the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone and sulfur forever and ever. Gehenna. He goes to Gehenna when he experiences the second death. The second death is what we normally are thinking about when we think of hell, when we think of a place of torment, a place with fire and brimstone, a place of everlasting torture, eternal damnation. 
the bottomless pit, Hades, is not a place of eternal torment. A prison of darkness in Hades is not a place of eternal torment. It's a layover point. So what that means is that when people say, I had a dream, and in the dream, Satan was doing this or that in hell. Consider whether that dream reflects the future or something else. The reality of hell is the truth. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There's a present heaven and there are new heavens to come. How do we know that? Revelation chapter 21, the new earth prophecy, tells us we are transitioning to a new earth and new heavens. That God is relocating his home in present heaven and he is merging it onto the new earth after satan is thrown into the lake of fire after satan is experiencing the reality of hell after satan is in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever Let's look at chronological time. After the Battle of Armageddon, at which the Antichrist and the false prophet will be destroyed when they are thrown themselves into the lake of fire, after that point in time, That's after the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won. We begin the millennial reign, the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. The government of Jesus Christ is for ever and ever. Isaiah chapter 9 says, and of the increase of his government, talking about Jesus Christ, talking about the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, it says, and the Of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. His government begins on this present earth, and it lasts for a thousand years. It continues for the eternities of eternities when we transition from this present earth to the new earth. Our focus is the reality of Hell. We're going to hear in the millennial reign prophecy many important events. Let's give our attention to the reality of hell. At the beginning of the millennial reign prophecy, in verse 1, we hear how Satan, that's the dragon, We hear how Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit. 
he's thrown into the abyss. He's thrown into a prison of darkness. Where's that? Under the earth in Hades. We also hear that later he is released from his prison of darkness in the bottomless pit, which is the abyss in Hades. When he's released, he returns to this present earth. But shortly thereafter, he defeated And when he is defeated, the mechanism for his defeat, the mechanism for his destruction is throwing him into Gehenna, the lake of fire. So if he was in the bottomless pit in Hades, yet he wasn't destroyed, that means that the bottomless pit a prison of darkness, Hades can't be hell. Hell is eternal separation from God. Hell is the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and fiery brimstone forever and ever. Yet, Satan is not in the bottomless pit forever and ever. We hear in the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation chapters 18 and 19, as well as verses 20, Chapter 20, verses 1 to 5, we hear about the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit. Who's that? Satan. No one comes up out of the lake of fire. Once an individual, once an enemy of God is thrown into the lake of fire, that's the second death, the individual is there forever and ever. The individual has no ability to come back to the present earth or to come to the new earth to come or to go to the bottomless pit or to go to the new heavens. The individual is grounded and limited to experiencing life in the lake of fire forever and ever. Think about that. You will last forever and ever. You will never, ever fail to exist. You cannot, I cannot, uncreate myself. And the creator in his omniscience, in his wisdom, given his omnipotence, he has decided what he wants to do. He has created a plan based on his thoughts, his desires, his needs, and his plan is for every creation that fails to get in right standing with him to be forever separated from him so that he can be free of it and them. What does that mean? God the Father will be free of his five enemies once Jesus Christ has destroyed all five enemies of God. Jesus Christ destroys each of the five enemies of God by throwing them into the lake of fire, Gehenna. Prior, prior 
to being thrown into the lake of fire. Some have the opportunity to have their cases heard, to make sure that their location for eternity is the appropriate location, to make sure that the entity or individual has, in fact, failed to get into right standing with God. The reality of hell is certain. The reality of hell is sure. The reality of hell is inescapable for the enemies of God. Now let's get the rundown of God's five enemies. Number one, in the order of their destruction, in the order that they will be relocated to the lake of fire. Number one, the Antichrist. His demise and throwing into the lake of fire is recorded in Revelation chapter 19. In the marriage supper prophecy. Number two, the the false prophet. Number one, the Antichrist. Number two, the false prophet. His destruction by being thrown into the lake of fire is also recorded in Revelation chapter 20. Number three, Satan. His destruction is recorded in Revelation chapter 20. The first two, the Antichrist and the false prophet, their destruction is recorded in Revelation chapter 19. We're about to hear Satan being thrown into the lake of fire when we hear the millennial reign prophecy today. But doing our rundown, all five of God's enemies being destroyed, in other words, the five enemies of God that will be thrown into the lake of fire, number one, the Antichrist, number two, the false prophet, number three, Satan, number four, the children of Satan, and number five, death itself. Now let's be clear. When an individual dies, If the individual's name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that individual is on his way or on her way to hell. Gehenna, the lake of fire, the second death. But the individual is not relocated to Gehenna, the lake of fire, until the individual is resurrected and that means until the individual is actually re-embodied, until the individual lives again, and that's why the lake of fire is called the second death because every human being will live again. Some of us will live again beginning with our participation in the first resurrection. Some will live again beginning with their participation in another resurrection. The reality of hell is this. Death occurs for human beings. Human beings go either to a prison of darkness or 
to the present heaven. Prison of darkness, present heaven. Those are the only two locations where disembodied individuals currently dwell. So if your wonderful mother, your wonderful father, your wonderful best friend, your wonderful son, your wonderful daughter died and his or her name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they are not lost. You haven't lost the person because we know exactly where he or she is, and that is in present heaven. That's a physical location. If an individual has experienced death and the individual, his or her name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the individual is not in right standing with God the Father because he or she failed to find and or follow God's plan for salvation that existed at the time the individual lived on this present earth, then that individual is in a prison of darkness. The prisons of darkness include Individuals who died who are not in Christ, and there are some fallen angels currently awaiting judgment, and some of them are in prisons of darkness right now. The Bible tells us that. Let us focus on the millennial reign prophecy and what it reveals to us about the reality of hell. We're going to see Satan in two locations. Let me back up. We're going to see Satan in three locations. We're going to see Satan in three locations. Now, before we talk about those three locations again, think about this. There's present earth and the new earth to come. There's present heaven and the new heavens to come. There's also under the earth, talking about this present earth. So in the Bible, there's discussion about what is happening in each of these five locations. Let me say them again. The present earth, underneath the present earth, and the new earth, as well as the present heaven and the new heavens. So in the Bible, there's frequent discussion of these five locations. These are real locations with real events that involve real people as well as real entities such as angels that are team Jesus and angels that are team Satan, including Satan himself. Now let's talk about three locations that are discussed in the millennial reign prophecy. Underneath the present earth, the earth itself, so on this present earth where you and I are right now, and the lake of fire, Gehenna. So that's another location. Number six. Number six, 
666 is the number of the Antichrist. Let's talk about the reality of Gehenna, the lake of fire, as location number six. Okay, let us hear the millennial reign prophecy. Here it is. It begins with revealing, revealing Satan being taken to a location underneath the earth, and then we hear towards the end that Satan is permitted to come back to the present earth where you and I will be, so that's here on top of this present earth where we are. And then finally, at the end we hear of Satan being relocated to location number six, that's Gehenna, the lake of fire. We're told in the Bible that that location is in the outer darkness, in the outer darkness. So separated from the new heavens, separated from the new earth, somewhere called the outer darkness. That's what uh, we are told elsewhere in the Bible. Now let's hear the millennial reign prophecy Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. John the Revelator speaking to you, truth seeker and friend, and to me. Here it is. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked, so Satan could not deceive the nations any more until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations, called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle a mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There... They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That is the millennial reign prophecy 
in its entirety. It ended, verse 10 of chapter 20, with this sentence, There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. There is a place called Gehenna. There is that place called Gehenna. Now, what happens at that place called Gehenna? What happens there? We're told there they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Who? Satan, as well as the other two individuals who were already there. Where's there? Gehenna, the lake of fire. Who else is going there? The place where people are tormented day and night forever and ever, Gehenna. Well, we hear in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's there. There, again, is Gehenna. There is the place where individuals, as well as Satan, where they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Torment day and night forever and ever doesn't begin with the first death. It begins with the second death. And we heard in the millennial reign prophecy in verse 5, it says, in verse 6 of chapter 20, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power. What's the power of the second death? The second death has the power. It has the power to unleash torment, everlasting torment, torment that is day, all day, and all night. And forever and ever, for all time. The second death has the real power. The first death is temporary. You might, you might be on schedule to uh, have your earth suit wear out tonight or maybe on Friday or next week. Your tent, your temporary tent that your soul and spirit live in, it's subject to mortality. But if you go to mediation, you can get a new tent. You can get a new body, a body that's free of DNA errors, a body that's free of the curse, a body that will live forever and ever, a body that equips you to live on the new earth. A body that allows you to never, ever grow old, to never, ever experience mental torment or physical destruction. Do you want it? If you want it, you've got to get to the right physician, the great physician. Now, Ben Carson is a wonderful physician, but he's not the great physician. Dr. Gabe Merkin was... My doctor for many years, a fantastic physician, maybe the best outside of Jesus, but certainly he's not the great physician either. 
Jesus is the great physician because he has the power and the will and the desire. The power, the will, the desire to transition you to perfect health. What's perfect health? Perfect physical health. Perfect psychological health. Perfect spiritual health. Do you do you want to see the great physician? Do you want a referral? Here's your referral. I'm going to give you a referral. I am referring you to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. You know, when we have an issue, we often go see our primary care provider. Maybe it's uh, whoever it is. We see our primary care provider. If we have some kind of issue beyond the scope of expertise of that individual, the person gives us a referral. Listen, your issue is that you have an enemy and your enemy is death. That's beyond the scope of my expertise. I don't have the ability to solve that problem for you, but I can refer you to a physician who can. I can refer you to a physician who will write up an order for you to get a new body, for you to transition from mortality to immortality. You don't have to wait. You can get that appointment for today. You can get on your computer, get on your tablet, get on your Internet-enabled device, perhaps pull out that book that you have in your home or in the library. Maybe you're in a hotel room. Wherever you are, you can turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 38. And if you follow that three-step plan, repent of your sins. Say you're sorry for your sins and mean it. Make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Be baptized for the payment of your sin debt, for the remission of your sins, some translations say. And then God promises you that the payment of your sin debt, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it will happen. You will be in right standing with God. The charges against you are canceled because he died on the cross. And when you say, you know what, I'm going to allow you to be my mediator. I'm going to allow you to implement the treatment plan for the problem I have, which is mortality. When you allow him to implement his treatment plan, Acts 2.38, then you will be healed. You will transition from mortality to immortality. You will get free. Of the curse. And what that means is that ultimately you will escape the power of the second death. Satan will not. The reality of hell is the second death. Gehenna. Satan is on his way to the bottomless pit first, 
a temporary prison of darkness, and to that place known as there, the place of torment, day and night, forever and ever. There is Gehenna. Satan's on his way there. Are you? Are you? Are you? You are the boss of it. You are endowed with the privilege and the responsibility of deciding, will you be a child of Satan and therefore live with your father, Satan, in his place of eternal living, which is there, the lake of fire, or will you be a child of God and live with his place of eternal reality, which is the new earth. There is no option C. You have option A and option B. You can participate in the first resurrection, noted here in the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation 20, verse 5. You may participate in the first resurrection, and if you don't, You will participate in another resurrection, Revelation 20, verse 5. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. What else happens to the rest of the dead who participate in another resurrection, who come back to life after the millennial reign? The rest of the dead, after their cases are heard, they go there. Gehenna the lake of fire, the place of torment forever and ever. They join the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan who will already be there. And the last thing to enter that place, Gehenna, the last thing to go there is death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26, and the last enemy he destroyed the last enemy he will destroy is death who's he jesus christ let's hear about that revelation 20 verse 14 then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire the reality of hell is the second death it's the lake of fire Now, this is not a boogeyman. Hell is nothing that you ought to, uh, that you ought to be afraid of unless, unless you have not seen the great physician. Unless your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because everyone whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life participates in the first resurrection, and Revelation chapter 20, verse 5 says, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power. So what's the second death? Hell, the reality of hell, the reality of Gehenna, the reality of being tormented day and night forever and ever, the reality of the fiery lake of burning sulfur. If your name is not written in a Lamb's Book of Life, 
when the Bible says be anxious for nothing, it really means be anxious for nothing. That includes the reality of hell. Now, if your name is not written in a Lamb's Book of Life, then you ought to be anxious. You ought to be stressed out. You ought to make number one on your list of things to do is to follow up on this referral that I've given you today. What's that? Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I'm referring you to instructions on how to get an appointment with the great physician, how to get your treatment plan, how to get seen, get your treatment plan implemented so that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, so that the second death holds no power over you. You decide whether the second death does or does not hold power over you. I don't think it should hold power over you. I don't think Satan should get to have you. I think God should get to have you. It doesn't happen automatically. You say, well, why not? Adam and Eve were born in the image of God. But every person who came after Adam and Eve, according to the book of Romans, was born in the image of Adam. So Adam began to procreate after the fall. And that means that everything that came after he and Eve sinned had within it the curse and was subject to this law, the law of sin and death. What's that? The wages of sin is death. So everything after Adam has in its DNA the encoding that allows it to experience death and that subjects it to mortality. Yet being born in the image of Adam is a fail. A win is being restored to sonship. Adam was a son of God, but you and I are sons and daughters of Adam. How can we become sons and daughters of God? We have to go to what the Bible refers to as the second Adam. Who's the second Adam? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the second Adam. The reality of hell is for everyone who's in the image of Adam. The reality of the new earth is for everyone who's in the image of God. Now, when you follow Acts 2.38 and we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we have a spiritual circumcision. Our spirit, uh, once we are born again, our, our spirit man never, ever sins again. Now, our soul does, our mind, will, and emotions, but our spirit man is made perfect. 
So immediately when we're born again, our spirit man is made perfect. But we are three in one, not just one. So we're body, spirit, and soul. So our body transitions to perfection with the first resurrection, and ultimately our soul is perfected as well. So there's a progressive transition to perfection, but it is sure. It is sure. I hope that you will be a member of the royal race, that you will be my brother or my sister, and that I will see you in the first resurrection. When that seventh trumpet sounds, and those who are in Christ descend from heaven, and their new bodies are reconstituted from the far ends of the earth, wherever their DNA cells are, God in his omnipotence, he's all-powerful, he gathers their cells together again. They're infused They're encoded with his DNA. All the errors are removed, and the person's new body is regenerated. And the individuals who are descending from heaven, there's a mechanism that draws them to their specific assigned body, a body that they will recognize, but it's the best they've ever looked. You haven't had your best-looking day. You say, oh, when I was 30, I had this kind of hair, or uh, my stomach was like this, or I didn't have any stretch marks, or I could run like this. Friend, you you haven't had your uh, your best photo yet. You haven't run your best race. You haven't had your... Uh, your best hairstyle, you haven't sung your best performance, you haven't danced your best dance, you haven't played your best piece yet, you haven't drawn your best painting, you haven't sculpted your best sculpture, you haven't knitted your best uh, outfit, you haven't designed your best dress. None of that has happened. You say, well, how in the world could you know that? We are in an inferior version of our bodies. We await the transition to God's best. We await the transition to our peak performance body, your peak performance brain, your peak performance knees, your peak performance voice. You ought to be happy about that. I hear people say, oh, in my day I did this, in my day I did that. Friend, your day is upcoming. Your day's in the future. Your best days are ahead of you. They're not behind you if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, you don't need to wonder if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can check. You can go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and see, have you followed the instructions provided by God's apostle given 
the assignment to make sure that God's people would find and follow his plan for salvation. So I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to look that up. And you don't have to tell me. If you want to tell me about it, of course I want to hear it. Our phone number is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. That's one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. Of course I want to hear it. But the most important thing is God wants to hear it. God wants to know that you are his and that he is yours. That you have rejected Satan's invitation to join him in the lake of fire. We're not all children of God. And it's not because you're a bad person or because you're a good person. We're not all children of God because none of us was born in the image of God. We were born in the image of Adam. We were made in his image, but we were born in the image of Adam. We have to be restored to sonship and daughtership. And that's why Jesus died on the cross. So the charges against us, what are the charges? A list of all our sins. Those are charges. Every sin is a debt. And the debt has to be paid for. Why? It's the law of this world. The wages of sin is death. So Jesus died in your place, but he didn't have any sin. He found a loophole. The wages of sin is death. Okay, so that means every person who ever sins must die. But God says, I don't want my children to die. So how does he, how does he get out of this quandary? So he created the earth so that he could reap a harvest. What's a harvest for God? Well, a harvest for God is a forever family. So he created the earth so he could reap a forever family. But Satan became his enemy. And Satan said, oh, you want a forever family? I want a forever family. You want to rule over this earth? I want to rule over this earth. So Satan persuaded the first two individuals who were on track to become uh members of the royal race, part of God's forever family, Satan tricked them into sinning. And so that meant that they would die, that they would not inherit eternal life with God the Father, that they would experience death, that they would become a part of Satan's forever family instead of God's forever family. So God can't change the fact that there was a law that he created, which is that the wages of sin is death. So he created a workaround. What's the workaround? If the wages of sin is death and a person dies who never sinned, then 
we have something paid for that could be substituted where a payment is needed. So that means that since you need to die because you have sinned, because that's a law, since Jesus died but he never sinned, then that payment can be applied to your sin debt and you can go free. That's why the Bible says when he was nailed to the cross, he canceled the charges against you. That payment has to be applied. It's there. You've got to release God to apply that to your account. It doesn't happen automatically. Your father has left you something worth more than $10 million, but you've got to say You've got to go to the bank and make a withdrawal. What am I saying? You've got to say, Jesus, you are my eternal bank. You have paid my sin debt. I see that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I don't want to sin. I want to turn my back on these sins, and I want to stop sinning. I repent. So repent is just Christianese for turning away from, being regretful about making a decision to go in another direction from evil. So you say, I repent of my sins, and I make you Lord of my life. And then when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're baptized into his Death. Now, don't don't get lost here. What does it mean in simple terms? You are going to die. I am going to die unless we're here when Jesus Christ returns. Everyone who dies before he returns deserves it, but Jesus didn't. So if you can be baptized in his name, but he didn't deserve to die, that that's when that payment that he made is just out there. It can be applied to your account. So what does that mean? Now you're released from death. It means that now the second death, which is the real one, has no power over you. Let's go back to the millennial reign prophecy. The millennial reign prophecy says, blessed and holy are those who participate in the first resurrection. For them, the second death has no power. Why? They've been baptized. We've been baptized. You've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, you can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in your backyard, in your bathtub, at a church, or in a hotel room, in a hospital. In a lake, that's how they did it in uh, in Acts. One guy heard about eternal life and the fact that he needed to be baptized. He said, oh, we got to stop right now. And they pulled over by the side of the road, went into a lake, and did it right then. I think you ought to get on schedule to do it tonight, maybe, maybe this week. What else is more important? Then following up on this referral, 
Nothing. Nothing. No job interview. No football game. No Taylor Swift concert. There's nothing more important. There's nothing more important than making sure that the second death has no power over you. That you make an appointment with the great physician and you keep it. And you don't do like these foolish people who go to see the doctor and then they don't follow the good instructions that they receive so they can get healed. Now, why do you need to get healed? Why do I need to get healed? Because death is encoded in our DNA. That is our biggest enemy, death. Your biggest enemy is not Joe Biden. It's not Hamas. It's not Israel. It's not Donald Trump. It's not your wife or your husband. Your biggest enemy is death. Now, Jesus Christ says in his word, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26, we are told, and the last enemy he destroys will be death. Now, you and I, we get to transition to eternal life before he takes out our enemy, but we'll get to see the reality of him destroying our enemy, death. Now, I said we'll get to see it. That's if you and I both participate in the first resurrection. Death is going there. Where's there? Gehenna, the lake of fire, the place of torment forever and ever. Now, what all is going there? Death, the children of Satan, Satan, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. They're all going there, that place, the reality of hell, Gehenna. You can participate. In forever life You can experience forever life With your father You can see his face You can live on the new earth to come Where there will be no more death No more pain No more sorrow No more tears No more grief No more mourning Now I want to read to you I want to read to you The new earth prophecy For every person who escapes, every person who escapes the reality of hell will live on the new earth, will participate in the first resurrection and rule and reign with Jesus Christ on this present earth during the temporary transition. What's the temporary transition? The transition from the end of the age to eternity future. Now, here's what, here's what you get. Here's what you get if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, 
God's home is now among his people. He will live the he will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Now when does this happen? This happens after death is destroyed. This happens after death goes there. Where's there? Gehenna. The lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. Let's continue. What else happens on the new earth? Verse 4 of chapter 21, it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Friend, the book of Revelation is trustworthy and true. Jesus Christ is trustworthy and true. I hope that this has been a blessing for you. I hope that I'm going to see you in the first resurrection. I hope that you make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I hope that you follow up on the referral that I'm giving you today. I'm referring you to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Find it and follow it so that you will participate in the first resurrection, so that you will escape the reality of hell so that you will live on the new earth where there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, where all these things will be gone forever. Thank you for being with me and with us today. I invite you to share your comments about there, that's Gehenna, the reality of there, your comments about the book of Revelation, your questions about the book of Revelation by calling in during the live Internet broadcast, one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. You can also text 24 hours a day. The PGN text number is one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. We're going to be talking about the dead judged prophecy starting on Thursday. Every broadcast for this program on PGN, every broadcast in November of 2023 will be about the dead judged prophecy. So I hope you will be with me and with us as we continue in the book of Revelation. We are focused on understanding the book of Revelation from start to finish. And if you haven't done so yet, according to Jeremiah 33.3, I encourage you to call out to God today. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.